most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? I got five dollars. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. My goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. The best. Relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Fantasy Flex Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Raybon of the Action Network, and this is our AFC North offseason fantasy preview episode. Here to break it down with me, another one of the top fantasy football rankers in the game, the odds maker, Sean Kerner. Sean, what is going on? What's up? Uh, hopefully you had fun in Denver. I, I was holding down the fort uh, for us in LA, and I'll be seeing you tonight. Oh yeah. Yeah. I had a lot of fun in Denver. Shout out to Denver. Yeah. Shout out to everybody who came out. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sure I, I had a little viral video. Uh, yeah. That, you had a bit of a sweat there. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that was, that was an all timer <laughs> Two two missed free throws from Jimmy. And I think he did it again uh, in the next game at some point. Missed yeah. What throws. the hell were you were, like wearing the Gabe Davis lucky shirt underneath? <laughs> nah, like, what, what is I, going I, on? I got to reserve that for football. I can't, I can't use that up on my back. I got to get somebody totally different, yeah. a totally different shirt. <laughs> For that, but uh, now nah, if you guys haven't been listening, uh, we're, we're gonna break down pretty much every fantasy relevant player for every team, uh, in each division, uh, and, and try to get through it as best we can. So, our AFC East and NFC East episodes are up right now here on the Fantasy Flex feed, and our NFC North episode will be out Friday, so stay tuned for that. But let's jump right into the Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson, QB5. In ADP, we're using best ball ADP uh, over the last few weeks, uh, about four weeks. Uh, Lamar is a QB five. I think the interesting thing here, Sean, is that after Greg Roman was essentially the architect of this offense for the mm -hmm. entirety of Lamar's career, he's now switching offenses to Todd Munkin. Munkin's talking about faster pace, uh, probably less of a fullback. But you know, what are you thinking in terms of kind of balancing out the potential upside? of a new pass heavier offense with the yeah. downside of having to learn a new offense for Lamar for the first time uh, in, in, a, in quite a while. Yeah. That's really the question with him. Um, and, you know, Todd Munkin's uh, part of the air raid coaching tree. So they're, they're going to be pass heavy and it's pretty clear, you know, they added Odell Beckham, Zay flowers in the draft. They even added Nelson Aguilar, who's just a depth piece, but you know, their wide receiver depth chart is way better this year than last. So it's pretty clear. They're going to throw the ball more. You know, plus they just signed Lamar to a $260 million deal. So they probably want him just to run less to, to make sure he stays healthy. Uh, but I think we're still going to see him use his legs. He's still, you know, one of the top rushing QBs. So there's a chance we see a 2019 sort of QB1 season for him. Uh, just the combination of increased passing volume and still the rushing upside is there. Uh, but his rushing upside probably isn't as high. So I think it makes sense for him to be at QB5. I mean, the the top six is really good this year. I mean, you could argue Justin Fields or Lamar Jackson, even like at number four. Um, so I think as of now, I think QB5 makes sense, um, even though, you know, his rushing upside might not be there as much this year. 
And I, I guess yeah, the, only, the thing with QB five is he's behind Burrow. Any issue with that? Because you know, um, oh, that's it's, you know it's, Lamar. It's, I, I still think you know the rushing upside. If if you if you feel like he has passing upside, you know he's still not. It's not like he's going to start just becoming like a yeah. statue. Um, a, any thoughts right. on on that? Because I think that's um, a pretty interesting, you know, either or. We'll we'll get to that when we. I mean, Joe Burrow. Yeah, I mean, we're going Bengals so, next. Yeah, so. um, I'm projecting <laughs> Joe Burrow QB four, and okay, I will okay. uh, I will explain that. This is a tease. I'll explain why in a bit. Okay, but fair okay. point. Um, yeah. So, but I think the thing I noticed with Munkin from a, a a numbers perspective, the average uh, situation of neutral pace rank for his the four uh, squads he coordinated was about thirteenth with three in the top eleven. Baltimore in the last four years. Uh, 32, 30, 26, 22. So uh, I, we could see faster pace. Yeah. And I think we see less fullback in the passing game. Uh, Ricard played yeah. on about uh, nearly 30% of the pass snaps. So I think that'll go down. Um, but yeah, you know, Lamar top, definitely a top six quarterback. I could see somebody like Justin Fields outscoring him. Uh, yeah. We'll talk about that uh, in, in the NFC pod. But uh, I also think Lamar has probably would have more upside than he's had in these past years just because of the weapons uh, and because of, you know, the, the potential increase in pace. So let's, let's jump to the receivers. Uh, let's start with, let's start with Mark Andrews. Actually, let's go in that mm. way. Um, he's a tight end too. I, I do. I, I am pretty intrigued by Andrews. Cause I think we were all let down by him last year. Uh, but when I looked into the numbers, it wasn't really due to anything in his control, his route uh, participation rate per game actually went up from uh, two years ago, 84 to 88% last year. His targets per route went up from 24% to 25%. It's just that Baltimore wasn't as pass heavy, so his routes per game actually dropped from uh, just under 37 uh, to just under 29. So that's really what kind of dinged him. So if the volume is there, he could put up that season that's like, Travis Kelsey adjacent this yeah. year that we wanted him to last year. Uh, but what do you think uh, about Andrews? Yeah, no, I have him tight end too. Uh, I'm right there with you. I think it's a good time to buy low. Um, he's coming off a fairly disappointing season. He was the tight end five, but that that just has to do with these rankings. Just because you're ranked tight end two doesn't mean you're a lock to finish in the top two. Just seem means you're most likely. And yeah, I think at this point we assumed that Andrews would probably leapfrog Travis Kelsey by now, but Travis Kelsey is still just elite as ever. Um, so that's why he's still tight end too. But um, I, I think Andrews is in tier two all by himself. I think there's a pretty big drop off from him um, from the next tier. And, you know, his target rate could get dinged by all these new wide receiver additions. But like we said, this offense should be more pass heavy. So I think that's going to offset it quite a bit so um yeah, as long as andrews is running around over 90 percent of the time he has massive massive upside and i think yeah getting him at tight end two seems fair but uh, again you know he, he's such a tier above the next one um that i think he's still worth drafting early yeah i mean i'm, a, I'm a, my bold call is going to be this is the year we wanted from andrews last year uh yeah because i, I just i w when i look at the underlying numbers i'm just like okay if we just need more volume here like he's in the prime of his career and like i i, I like to say when you talk about guys uh, like the supporting cast that usually it's it's a hierarchical thing like it you know like yeah. the guy at the top 
Like there's no one here we expect to get 25% targets per route, right? Like, right. you know, not Zay Flowers in year one. Beckham hasn't been there in in in, in a, a long time. Uh, Bateman was close, but that was because he was kind of the de facto number one receiver. And, you know, Andrew still did what he did. So um, let's, let's talk about these guys, though, because these, yeah. these are the guys that I struggle with. So the ADPs uh, over the past month, and I'm sure these will be fluctuating, but Rashad Bateman, wide receiver 44. Zay Flowers, wide receiver 51. Odell Beckham, wide receiver 57. I could, I feel like there's a positive case for all of them, but there's also a negative, a pretty <laughs> negative case for all of them because I don't know if all three of these guys, like one of these guys is probably going to beat that, but two of these guys actually may not. So that's, I'm a little concerned about this at this point. I think earlier in the offseason, I was pretty down on Beckham who is in the mid forties, his ADP has dropped. Uh, so how are you uh, projecting Bateman flowers Beckham here? Yeah, it's, it's really tough. And this is, uh, if you invest in these guys, you just have to invest in the, the passing percentage would be much higher, which I think it should be. So there could be enough volume to support one or two of these guys, but you know, one of these guys is going to bust or maybe two of them. So it's important to get it right. Uh, I think the ADPs right now are fair. I think Bateman should be the first one off the board, which he is, you know, He's going to see more competition for targets with Zay Flowers and Odell Beckham there, obviously. Uh, but that could be offset with the team just passing more. Um, and Bateman, Bateman's only 23 years old. He was a first-round pick not that long ago. He's mm-hmm. entering year three. If he stays healthy, he could crush his ADP. Um, so I think he carries probably the highest floor of the trio. Um, and, he, and he does carry a pretty decent ceiling. So uh, I think in the forty wide receiver 45 range makes sense if you're going for a high floor play. But I think in just terms of ceiling, I think Flowers probably offers the higher ceiling. Um, you know, he's the first round pick this year out of Boston College. Um, uh, you know, I think he has a pretty wide range of outcomes. He's a smaller wide receiver at 5'9", uh, but he he's a solid deep threat. Like, he could do it all. I think the Tyler Lockett, Brandon Cooks comps seem fair to me. Like, I think that's the type of receiver he could be. Um, so I think he could have like a Marquise Brown type rookie season. Remember Marquise Brown, you know, hit yep. the ground running in this offense. Um, so I think he's worth a flyer at wide receiver 51. That's the time to kind of, you know, bet on upside. And I think Flowers has the most upside. Whereas Odell Beckham, I mean, you could probably argue he has the most upside. He he was a potential Hall of Fame type wide receiver until just being, you know, dealt with injury after injury. Um, so if he can stay healthy, um, you know, he's turning 31. He has a ton of upside as well. But just based on the past couple seasons um, and the fact that he's 31, um, I, I'm probably shying away, but I would not fault you from liking Odell Beckham the most just because he's the cheapest and obviously he's a very talented receiver. So um, right now, I still think Zay Flowers is probably the sweet spot for me uh, just in terms of ADP. Okay. Cause I, yeah, I, I struggle with all these guys. Like I actually <laughs> feel like all of them are a little overvalued. Um, because right. like, I, I well, like, cause like I, just because shares. there's three, because we're, I, I get that we're going from, you know, to, to a, what's, what's supposed to be a more pass heavy offense, but you still have Andrews there. You're not just going to automatically stop running the ball overnight. This is still the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, and yeah, the, the other thing I'm hearing and it, it, this, you know, this always concerns me because I feel like we always forget to like properly factor a guy like this in, but you mentioned Aguilar. He's yeah. having a great camp. <laughs> um, and there's, I've, I've seen beat writers who think that Aguilar right now is the starter. Like he's starting at one of those spots and like flowers is going to have to overtake him. Now flowers has, is dealing with a soft tissue injury. 
Um, so, you know, he hasn't really been able to, 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 you know, fully kind of grasp that role, but that's my concern with like these ADPs right now. It's that there's so much uncertainty. For example, Bateman, yeah, he's the highest and he probably should be. I love this. You know, he had a a 23% target, uh, per route rate last year, his yards per route jumped from 1.3 in his rookie year to 2.4 last year, which is very, very good. Uh, Although he's due for some regression in, in yards after catch. Uh, it was over nine last year. Uh, so that's how it was <laughs> going to come down. But it's like, okay, with Bateman, yeah, ton of upside, but probably doesn't replicate last year's underlying metrics. Then you have this, like, Flowers, who's a highly talented guy that could uh, overtake him. But you also gave Odell Beckham $14 million guaranteed. Yeah. So he's obviously going to play, like, over both of them. You know, if if they go, you know, like, like he's probably going to be considered the top dog in that room already now how how much does he get on the field that's uncertainty there and then Aguilar kind of complicates things and then you're still gonna like gadget play for Duvernay as well so it's like there's a lot going on in this this is all this is all just really good news for Lamar Jim yeah no I know this time last year I was setting James Prochet props with you exactly now we're talking about Odell Beckham being like the number three receiver so again this is just fantastic news from Lamar Jackson and I think who, who would you want to stack if you're making a basketball baseball stack? Who do you think is the best stack? Because I think it might be Odell Beckham because he would correlate with, you know, Lamar Jackson having a QB one type season. Ooh, that's, I mean, I would ideally to be to be honest with you, I would love to to get Andrews. It would probably have to be like oh, a yeah. three, <laughs> three four. Uh, but yeah. out of these receivers, I would go uh, like a Lamar Andrews stacked with who would Aguilar, be the receiver. Aguilar. Aguilar. Oh, Aguilar. Yeah. yeah. Just for, just for, just for, yeah. because if, if, if Aguilar's balling out, then it's like, remember Derek Carr had that crazy year where he was throwing like 300 yards every yeah. game. It's like, well, if Aguilar's balling out, then, then it like, it almost doesn't matter. Like, then you know something probably either went very right or very wrong. But well, like, if I haven't stuck with Lamar, I'm like, okay, it's going very right. And he'll, yeah, exactly. And Aguilar will step up if any one of these, if, if he is the fourth receiver heading in the season, if any one of these three receivers were to miss time, he would step up so that I think Aguilar later on. Yeah, um, sure. I think that would, that would be a but, you know, savvy yeah. best ball stack. I would say, I would say Bateman uh, among those three though, yeah. just because I don't trust Beckham's health and his targets per route um, has been dropping. It was under 20% in, in his, in 2021. Uh, and then like, you could just see his explosiveness kind of waning his first three years mm-hmm. in the league, his yards uh, after the catch per reception was 5.6. His next three years, 4.1 so it dropped a yard and a half and then uh the three years after that which is 2020 20 to 21 and then he didn't play last year uh down to three so from mm-hmm. 5.6 to 4.1 to three you know every three years that's pretty large samples of like consistent yeah. uh decline so um you know it's it's i think there's questions about his health and his his effectiveness flowers is just more so let's get him on the field let's make sure he's actually beating out nelson aguilar I think you will. Um, yeah, I mean, I you would think, but that, like we're sitting here in June, um, you know, you can't take it for granted because that's you know, like his a lot of these guys, these ADPs get up there, and you're like, I've, there's a few guys that I've come across it with, you know, like rookies with ADP that are just like, he's almost yeah. certainly not beating this. Like, yeah, uh, <laughs> Aguilar is just a friggin' pain in the ass. He always goes off yes. when you least expect him, and he never does shit when you expect him to go nope. off. So I mean, exactly. Th- th- here we go again. And let's not forget that uh, I am hearing that they're still going to be the fullback is going to kind of make it like it's going to take a backseat, but the mm-hmm. two tight ends are still going to be a prominent part. 
Um, Isaiah Likely, baby. So Isaiah Likely entering year two. He was targeted on over 20% of his routes last year. Um, you know, I don't think he'll have like a massive season or anything, but he's going as a tight end 31. If, if something does happen to Mark Andrews, I think like yeah. an interesting play, not as interesting as before because they do have some more firepower. But um, yeah. what about the running backs? We got Dobbins at RB 20 and Edwards at RB 63. Uh, I'm hearing some rumors of the Vikings. Uh, I mean, the Vikings, the, yeah. the Ravens. I get my purple teams because the Ravens uh, <laughs> could be looking wow. at a trade for, for another. I don't know. I'm hearing Aaron Jones's name um, thrown around. I don't, I don't think that's realistic, but it, I mean, it's, you know, I am hearing kind of running back rumors here, but as of now, it's Dobbins, Edwards, and Justice Hill, top three on the yeah. depth chart. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, again, you know, it's still, you know, early June, so I'm not loading up too much in best ball other than just get as much Alexander Madison pop as possible. <laughs> um, so, yeah, be careful about that. In a vacuum, let's pretend, you know, the Ravens don't trade for an Aaron Jones. I like J.K. Dobbins this year. Um, you know, you would think that the Ravens passing more this year would hurt Dobbs, but it might not. You know, we could see um, Dobbins more involved in the passing game. Just Lamar may opt to scramble less and dump off to his running backs. You know, Dobbins is more than capable of catching two or three passes a game. Just the reason he doesn't is because Lamar typically scrambles. So I think he's one of the safer bets in the low-end RB2 range. Like I was saying, it, it's definitely a frozen pond here. Um, and he wasn't 100% for much of last season. You know, he barely came back. He was kind of hobbled when he was in there. Uh, and he still managed to finish third out of 59 backs in my expected yards per attempt model. Um, and he should be even healthier heading into 2023. So uh, I think this could be a great season for Dobbins. Um, I remember we were kind of like shying away from him last year because yeah. he was banged up entering and then, you know, take him the next season. That's kind of what we did with Saquon Barkley. So I kind of see that progression with Dobbins. Um, I think this range makes a ton of sense for him. Um, and the, the Ravens, you know, they're not going to be just uh, full on air raid. They're still going to run the ball. So I think Dobbins um, has plenty of upside in this offense still. Yeah, and you know, as, as my, I'm a, I love betting unders, so I love 311 <laughs> pound fullbacks. But I am kind of on, I am kind of a little excited about seeing how this offense would look with a little less fullback because even the running yeah. backs, uh, Dobbins, without a fullback on the field in his career, it's only been 24 percent of his carries, but 6.8 yards per carry without a fullback. Wow. So yeah, and, and he's card out of there then. Yeah, right. And and uh Gus Edwards has been slightly better as well without a fullback, but nice. um these but these you know these, <laughs> these these Ravens backs um uh, you know I think they'll be fine. They, they got some power to them. Um but uh yeah, Gus is there at 63. You know, he really has never shown much in the past game. Yeah. Uh what are, what are your thoughts on him? Yeah, so again, he also missed a few uh games last year due to injury, but he remained efficient, you know. Um, he averaged five yards per carry, something he's done in all four seasons. Yeah. <laughs> so he's he's always efficient, but he had zero receptions. So he specifically would be hurt from the Ravens being a more pass-heavy attack. Um, and he, he's probably just not going to be able to provide any value as long as J.K. Dobbins is uh, healthy. So while I do like, you know, attacking the injury away running backs where they can be, you know, potential RB2 when the, the starter goes down, I don't know if that's the case with Edwards. I think he'll still be in the RB3 flex range, even if Dobbins misses time. And again, I think he does need Dobbins to miss time to offer any value. So um, he is one of the least intriguing 
backup running backs in this range specifically. So um, I, I'm probably staying away from Gus this year. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess we have to see. I, for me, it's just how the ADP kind of shakes out because if, you know, if I'm if I like Dobbins and Gus, I mean, even at 63, he's almost free, not quite. Yeah, but he's like, pretty if cheap. I, if I can yeah. get the – in a redraft league, if I can get yeah. the handcuff for a guy and I don't really have any competition for him, um, I always kind of like those situations just because I can wait until like the last round, almost like a uh, a kicker or something, and, and just take the handcuff. But uh, that's that's kind of a redraft-specific thing. Um, okay. Uh, who so to recap who do you like for sleepers on the ravens anyone uh yeah i I just think zay flowers i think out of the three receivers um he probably offers the most upside and you can get him as the second one off the board so i i just think flowers um is probably the the top sleeper pick for me uh yeah i don't have anyone i mean i i think i think everyone's (laughs) kind of i think everyone's kind of properly valued or maybe a little over um what about what about bust uh, I'll just have to go with Gus Edwards. Um, again, if Dobbins gets hurt, you know, that's going to look silly, but I'd rather have Jalen Warren or Chase Brown, um, in this range, if we're going, you know, the backup approach. Um, but if, if they're off the board, then I'll consider Gus, but I, I think of all the Ravens, he's probably the most, uh, overvalued. Yeah. For me, it's, it's the entire wide receiver core. I, <laughs> I like, so I'll, I'll, I'll kind of clarify it though. I think Bateman and flowers are a, like a little bit overvalued in redraft, right? Because yeah. I think, I think, in, I think they're like Bateman's going to be on the field. I, I just, he's probably going to run more lower percentage routes. It's going to be harder to know exactly when he's going to go off, uh, especially with the more competition. And then Flowers kind of the same thing. Um, you know, I just, and, and then Odell, I, I think he's still, I, I still think he's going to bust it because I don't think he's as good as he once was. And I don't yeah. think he'll be able to stay healthy, but at the same time, I think he'll get that chance because they gave him 14 mil guaranteed. So <laughs> he's kind of just going to be in there mucking things up for everyone. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, I really don't, I don't want to roster him in basketball because of the miss potential missed games, but I, I, you know, so, and so he's actually probably a better redraft pick, but I think in one way or another, um, you know, it's, I'm just really going to have to pick it. I'll probably be below the field in my exposure to the receivers. I'll probably try to invest in Lamar and I'm I'm going to, I'm going to take that, you know, a little bit of a discount I'm getting because Andrews had somewhat of a disappointing year last year and kind of go that route. Um, as far as this passing game. Uh, all right, let's go to the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow is the QB four. He was a top five quarterback uh, in six of 16 top eight and 10 of 16 uh, only three games outside the top 13. And in the the 12 games that Jamar chase played, remember chase missed uh, uh, about a month in the 12 games Jamar chase played uh, Burrow averaged three and a half more fantasy points per game. So he's up to about 26. Uh, He passed the ball four more times per game with chase in the lineup. Uh, about 18 yards passing more per game uh, and a third of a touchdown more for, for Burrow. So the key is kind of keeping Chase healthy because when you got Chase healthy, that's uh, one of the best, uh, if not the best, receiving cores in a game. What do you think about Burrow entering 2023? Yeah, so like I teased earlier, he's my QB4. And um, you could argue that Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields have a higher ceiling uh, due to the ru- rushing upside. And you're not wrong. Um but let's not overlook Burrow's rushing upside. He, he's not exactly Jared Goff or Matthew Stafford back there. I mean, he had uh, 25 or more rushing yards and or a rushing touchdown in half his games uh, last season. So he's providing um, some solid rushing upside. You know, 2022, he was returning from an ACL tear 
So that limited his rushing stats, but 2021. Oh, right? 2021. Well, yeah. when he returned, right. Oh, oh, like yeah. early. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that limited his rushing stats. We kind of knew that would happen, but he's obviously, you know, 100% now. So, um, and that was sort of his appeal entering the league. He's always been a solid, you know, runner. Um, so not only is he maybe the QB with the best odds of throwing for 50 or more touchdowns this year, he's also pro- providing sneaky rushing upside. So I would still take him over Lamar Jackson and Fields. Um, it's also easier to stack him in best ball. We obviously know who we should be stacking him with. Um, and, you know, just given Lamar and Justin Fields rushing a lot more, they do have more injury risk. So there yeah. is more downside. So I think Burrow carries a massive ceiling as well. So that's why um, just I, I still have him as a QB4. But, you know, I can't fault you for taking Jackson or Fields, but I'm sticking with Burrow in my top four. Yeah, I like Burrow better in best ball because I agree. I think I, he has that high floor. And in best ball, yeah, obviously you're aiming for a ceiling, but t- you also need a ceiling with the guy playing the games, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, if, if I draft Lamar and he and he averages like three more points than Burrow but misses three more games, I can deal with that in redraft. You know, yeah. I just put somebody else in. Whereas in best ball, uh, it it's really just comes down to the timing and, and, you know, kind of the luck of the draw with whoever my backup backup or backups are so um yeah I, I think burrow obviously has the case as a top five quarterback um jamar chase is going as the wide receiver two he had five top seven finishes last year he's in the top 30 and nine out of 12 the lowest he ever finished was wide receiver 44 so high ceiling high floor guy yeah. Any, anything on him I mean, what's there to say about this guy? He The sky is still the limit for him um, entering year three. So I think wide receiver two makes sense. Um, I would draft him over Cooper Cup and Tyreek Hill, especially when you're just using quarterback as a tiebreaker. Like, give me Joe Burrow over, you know, Matthew Stafford. The, the Rams could be a disaster this year. Um, you know, Tua has, you know, scary concussion history. Um, so that kind of shies me away from Tyreek at number two. So I think Chase is the no-brainer. Uh, pick here at wide receiver too yeah and and wide receiver i mean it does kind of drop off like earlier than i remember in previous drafts mm. like i think the market is getting a little bit more efficient because i don't think yeah. late round quarterback is as viable anymore i think you do need you it's like almost like the market has finally gotten to the point where as i'm drafting i <laughs> i tend to draft my starting lineup like you know how that used yeah. to be frowned upon is like no you need to draft an extra running back and an extra receiver first like now it almost seems like the overall adps yeah. are a lot more are a lot sharper so you can't just like like ignore quarterback or ignore tight end or like you know think you're just gonna stack up on mid-round receivers like you kind of gotta you kind of gotta take right. it when, as it comes when you talk about the wide receiver drop off are you talking about like number six or are you talking about like 40 like where the i'm talking about after after you like, go through like those wide receiver ones and then there's like a you know there's like a bunch of wide receiver twos but then it, it kind of devolves into like wide receiver four territory really quickly from like like, like, you know, it's like you go from like, okay, I got Terry McLaurin and then you wait a couple rounds and it's like, am I going to take Juju? Like, you know, who am I going to take like Jackson Smith? You know, it's like a lot of yeah. guys that just have nothing. Like even Zay Flowers, a lot of times will still go in like the top 100 so, at wide receiver 51. Yeah. So. so you're saying the wide receiver three, wide receiver four ranges. Yeah. So like, I, I like that. I yeah. like to have like that top, like, if, yep. cause like it's harder to, I think to find a guy in that, like, like that, wide receiver two three tier that's necessarily going to break through now just because there's just so many of these talented guys at the top you're really just kind of banking on an injury 
at this point, yeah. but like if Chase and 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 Je- uh, Jefferson and all those guys, and I mean Devontae Adams, like wide receiver eight this year, like that's you know what I mean. Like there's a lot of talent. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, and it's it, yeah. when it comes to just like in season redraft leagues, like it's easier to find an RB one in season. You can't really find an RB uh, wide receiver one in season. Yeah. Because uh, running back is so fragile that uh, it, it does lend to like you know striking gold in season. Yeah, I think I think the value is actually like the the pond is might be like thawing out because I feel like <laughs> the value is actually yeah. in the running back two tier and, and I'll talk about Mixon in a minute. Uh, but T Higgins yeah. is the wide receiver twelve. Um, now, if anyone tries to tell you that Higgins did not play well with Jamar Chase because he averaged only fifty five yards a game. Uh, they didn't do their homework because T Higgins <laughs> left three of those games yeah. uh, without barely playing any snaps. So um, when, when you kind of take those games out, Higgins was right around his normal season averages, which is still a little better without, but uh, yeah. his averages were like what he did to finish wide receiver 12, even with Chase in the lineup. Uh, any thoughts on T? I know you, we, we usually love T Higgins, uh, like every week, usually higher than <laughs> yeah. him. Uh, yeah, obviously sign me up for him. If there's any offense that can support two wide receiver ones, it's this Bengals team uh, and the Dolphins, obviously. But uh, like you said, Higgins missed a few games last year due to injury. He had that one game where he he tweaked something in pregame warmups and then he played one snap and that was it. So that really skews his uh, per game averages and he's still wide receiver 11 in points per game. So I think we, we still haven't seen the best of T Higgins yet. So I, I do like him at wide receiver 12. What about Ty Boyd? He's a uh, wide receiver 55. I believe he's up for a, 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 a new contract soon. So I, I don't know if they're even intending on bringing him back long-term, but uh, I noticed his targets per route rate has been dipping for four straight years, yeah. 22%, 21%, 17%, 14% last year. I mean, it makes sense if you got Chasen <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and Higgins there. Uh, what are your thoughts on T Boyd? Yeah, I mean, he he probably offers some value here just in terms of his uh, floor. You know, he's the number three receiver in arguably the most potent offense in the league. So he, he offers some value there. But, um, you know, they, they just drafted Charlie Jones, who's a slot receiver. So I think he uh, he's not going to eat into Jamar Chase or T. Higgins snaps. He could snipe in away some snaps from Boyd. Maybe they see what they have. But just Boyd, like you said, like he, he's been trending down. So I don't know if the upside is there. And he didn't provide much of a boost when Chase or Higgins were nope. out of the lineup last year. So I, I don't know if it's that compelling to take him here. Uh, again, if you're in a league that starts five or six wide receivers, I'm in a couple leagues like that. He makes a lot more sense because he offers a high floor. But in redraft and best ball, uh, I'm probably staying away in this range just because uh, I, I don't, you know, I don't think he offers a high enough ceiling uh, to take here. Yeah, he, the ceiling's like really not there anymore with his efficiency declining a bit. And I mean, he had some decent touchdown uh, luck last year, even for being, you know, mm-hmm. a slot receiver with a somewhat low A dot. But yeah, I, I think this is, you know, wide receiver 55 is, is not really much you could do with that. And le- like, unless, like you said, you're in a deeper league and you just need a kind of short yeah. points. If not, I'm, I'd rather go for a guy that has, more upside to get to that, you know, number, number one in the, in the pecking order there, or just like a rookie who we haven't, you know, the, the unknown. Cause like Tyra Boyd yeah. is such a known, uh, known quantity at this point. Um, so, but uh, Irv Smith is here now. He's uh, he's the CJ Usoma, AKA the Hayden Hurst of, of this year for the Bengals, or at least they want him to be uh, only got 400 
take guaranteed. So, um, you know, not a huge investment, but it could be a shrewd one if if they can get him to stay healthy. The Cincinnati starting tight end did finish in the top 20 uh, in uh, 10 of 16, 63% uh, of the time. So uh, Smith is tight end 21. Um, I've seen him a little higher in some other spots, but I mean, he should be able to meet or exceed this ADP if he stays healthy. Um, is that kind of your thought with him? Yeah, exactly. And if you recall, like Hayden Hurst was my most rostered tight yes. end in best <laughs> last year. This time last year, his ADP was around like tight end 30 to 35. Um, and Irv Smith, he's being brought in to replace that role. And, you know, he's been held back due to injury to start his career, but he's still young. He's 24, uh, still talented. I mean, he was a second round pick. So as long as he stays healthy, he should easily post, you know, tight end two numbers in this offense with tight end one upside. Um, and if any of the top three receivers uh, miss time, he's going to move up in the target pecking order. We saw that with uh, Hayden Hurst last year. So he has built in upside there. So hopefully he can stay healthy this year, knock on wood. But uh, I, I think he would clear this ADP if he does. Yeah. And I think him not being healthy would probably be the best case scenario for a guy like Tyra Boyd. Because, yeah. you know, then Boyd becomes, you know, that the true third target. Whereas I think uh, Hurst actually was targeted on a per route basis more than Boyd last season, um, which, you know, kind of contributed to Boyd's yeah. up and down uh, season. But uh, let's talk about these running backs. So they drafted uh, Chase Brown mm-hmm. uh, in the fifth round out of Illinois, and they let Samaj P. Ryan go. So, you know, there's that kind of P. Ryan role or, you know, RB2 role open for for uh, Brown. You also got Joe Mixon still here. There's a lot of rumors, you know, could he be on the way out? Looks like they're just going to kind of roll with it for, for yeah. at least another year. Um, so what are your thoughts on, on the two backs here? Yeah, so Joe Mixon's ADP is around, where is it now? Like uh, 18, 18, 18, and then Brown is 60. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, Mixon was dealing with those legal issues and the chances of getting cut by the Bengals before the season. But as of now, neither look likely to prevent him from being a Bengals, uh, you know, the Bengals lead back for another season. So I think, RB18 is a steal. Yeah. Uh, this isn't as big of a steal as Alexander Madison, RB30 for the past month, but it's still a steal. Uh, the Bengals also let Samaj P. Ryan go. So there's a chance Mixon could see a bigger workload, especially in the passing game. So he's a clear value play at uh, RB18 right now. Um, and in terms of his backup, I love his backup as well. Uh, I was surprised Chase Brown went in the fifth round. Um, and this is a great landing spot for him, too. Um, for some reason, uh, watching him in college, he reminded me of, if you remember the old school Vikings, Robert Smith. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, he's a Quick, fast, fast guy. He's a fast back, but he could take a big hit. If you watch some film, he'll take a massive hit, bounce off, and keep running. That's that's a rare blend. Um, so he has some sneaky power, um, and he's a pretty good pass catcher. So he has, a, a, he has the potential to be an above-average pass blocker, which could get him on the field as a rookie and take over that – Samaj P. Ryan role right away. Um, and, you know, if Joe Mixon were to miss time, I think he has RB2 upside for sure. I think he can handle a full workload. Um, so I, I just love him at this price. Again, this is why I was saying I was passing on Gus Edwards because if a back like Chase Brown is available in the, the 60s, sign me up for that. I think he has a ton of upside. And there's a chance he could carve out a Samaj P. Ryan type of role, even when Mixon is healthy. It seems like early drafters are, are hedging their bets a little because – uh, I saw that 
Travion Williams, uh, the, you know, been there for a couple of years now, uh, a few yeah. years. Uh, he's RB 71. So um, there are at least some people that think that, that maybe Williams emerges uh, as the, as the back of any, any thoughts on him. I mean, I, I, I think it's going to be Brown. I think Brown's a more talented guy, but um, you know, it's 11 spots. So I guess it's, it's worth at least talking about. Yeah, for sure. Like there's a chance just given that Travion's been there, longer uh he doesn't have as good a draft pedigree pedigree i don't think he's as good as chase brown but there's a chance that's why it, like you said it's worth talking about this is something that i'm not saying it's a lock that chase brown will be the backup this is something we'll have to monitor um but as far as i can tell as far as i think chase brown will be the backup so that's why he's the only one i'm targeting right now but again this is we're mid early june right now so anything can change um, and it wouldn't shock me if Travion has a good camp or something and ends up being the backup. This is definitely something we've got to monitor. Yeah, I, I, for me, I, I love Joe Mixon. I mean, I, you, <laughs> you, you kind of alluded to it, but I yeah. think, I think this guy could be a, a legit, you know, top eight running back. And yep. the reason I think that is because last year he was the RB seven in half PPR points a game uh, among running backs with a minimum of eight games played. Oh, and he was the RB six in PPR. So in points per game. So like, you know, now you take the, the guy who is taking the most snaps from him, P. Ryan, you replace him with a rookie who, yeah, he's he's probably more talented, but, you know, he's also a rookie. And this is a veteran team with Super Bowl aspirations who, yeah. you know, took Mixon off the field for pass blocking at times. But I don't know, you know, like you also, what's the guy, uh, Chris Evans, you know, there was a lot of hype for him and, you know, it never happened for him. So I, I think there's a good chance that Mixon's usage from last year is his floor. He had about 15 carries a game last year, but I think he could go back to that 2021. He was eight over 18 carries a game. Now he's getting older. Maybe he's not as efficient, but in this offense, mm -hmm. you know, you don't need to be that efficient, especially when you're getting his role. So I think RB 18 is like, I think Mixon's being drafted at his floor. You know, he's yep. not, it doesn't look like he's going to be cut at all. Um, and at, at the same time, you know, if it doesn't look like the Bengals are going to bring in anybody else either. So like Mixon's in this mm -hmm. spot where he has this upside to be like 85% snap guy. Uh, and the downside I think is just what he was last year when he's still a very valuable, uh, running back. So, uh, yeah, and he, he only scored seven touchdowns on the ground, uh, in this offense, he has obviously double digit. Touch on upside. Uh, oh, no, he has actually, he has, what is it? One, two, three, four. He has five touchdown upside. Oh, that I, believe, one game? I believe he scored five in a game. Yeah, he almost scored year. 10 touchdowns in one game. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, just. Yeah. Good grief. 18. Are you kidding me? The market's very efficient now, but this is a case where it's not. The, yeah. Like, the, the, this is a time when, listen, a lot of people, a lot of ADP is, is, you know, there's a lot of people that are, that, uh, you know, are, are drafting now that are, that, that really, our football nerds like ourselves, but what comes with that is that we get really hyped about the young guys and new toys, you know, the, the, the guys we're, we're drafting in dynasty, the rookies that we haven't been able to draft before. And like some of the, you know, the demises of some of these veteran players is like premature. It's like, yeah. is Joe Mixon, you know, is he, is he at that age where, yeah, we probably only going to get, you know, one or two more years out of him. Sure. But look at the offense he's in and look at the competition he has for work. Um, yeah. I think, I think that's, he's a great value play. Um, because not only can, you know, not only is he being drafted as four, but he's likely to probably be closer to an RB one than an RB two. So if you want to kind of go, you know, stud tight end early in the draft or, or, you know, take a, a top quarterback or something, I think Mixon's a very good 
um, kind of contingency plan if you're going to kind of fade running back in those first uh, couple of rounds. So, um, yeah, love love me some Joe Mixon. That is my uh, sleeper. Uh, what about you? Yeah, obviously Joe Mixon um, and, you know, piggybacking that Chase Brown. Um, I just think Chase Brown has a ton of upside. We'll see if he beats out Travion. I'm betting on it. Um, so I just think investing in both running backs right now is the way to go. Yeah. And like Irv Smith to a lesser extent is a sweeper, mm-hmm. but like it's, it's, it's all about this, the health with him. So, you know, it, it's like, it's kind of like a, yeah, exactly. Too bad. He's not like, you know, low twenties or, or yeah. uh, high twenties or something like that. But yeah, his ADP is pretty sharp. Yeah. Like if you're in a two tight end league and you can get him like outside of the tight end 24 or something like that, like, Sure, go ahead. Oh yeah, but I've seen him. He's I've seen him go in the top one fifty now. Which I mean, yeah, you're not really gonna do much better uh, than that. Uh, what about for bust? Uh, well, bust is pretty harsh. I think Tyler Boyd offers a pretty high floor where he's going, but again, that's the range at wide receiver where I'm betting on upside. Um, and we didn't really talk about him, but I think you know Charlie Jones could impress as a rookie. So uh, you know Boyd has a lo- maybe a lower floor just given the potential competition now in the slot. So I just think where he's being drafted, I, I want to invest in all of Bengals. Uh, the, the one player I probably wouldn't take at ADP right now is Tyler Boyd. Yeah. And like I said, I think a lot of it depends on Smith because I think if, if Smith isn't yeah. healthy, they could also go more four wide. Remember Irwin had a lot of success, um, yeah. you know, kind of pinch hitting uh, in, in spots. Yep. Yeah. And it's not like they're going to plug Drew Sample or Devin Asiasi in, in the pass catching role. No. So it'll be wide receiver heavy if Irv Smith goes down. Yeah, yeah. I don't have any bust bust. Like I think Boyd is still fairly yeah. valued. Um uh, and this offense has enough upside. So yeah, I, I don't have anyone that, that sticks out. Let's go to the Cleveland Browns, Deshaun Watson, QB nine. Uh I'm I'm starting to like Deshaun Watson more and more. Uh from yeah. from a fantasy perspective, that is. Before y'all come for me. Yeah, gotta uh, <laughs> that. uh but so here, here's a crazy here's an interesting stat that, that I found. Uh Watson throwing to Cooper, Peoples Jones, Najoku, and Nick Chubb. So essentially, the you know the, the core of who's going to be there this year. He had 111 pass attempts last year, 7.8 yards per attempt to those to those four guys, and a 6.3 percent touchdown rate. Deshaun Watson was Deshaun Watson of old, throwing to the guys that are going to be there this year. To everyone else, four yards in attempt, no touchdowns. So. They added Elijah Moore. They drafted Cedric Tillman. They added Marquise Goodwin if, you know, for some reason Tillman or Moore doesn't work out. Goodwin's a pretty, you know, add some some explosiveness. Uh, and and they even, not that I think they're going to play more uh, tight, more multi-tight end sets, but they even got Jordan Akins, Watson's old friend, uh, who he had success with back in Houston. Uh, and, and they still got Bryant, who restructured. So they got like three pass catching tight ends. They add a, a, a much better wide receiver three and potentially and a, a much better wide receiver four. And he was Deshaun Watson to the other guys that are going to be getting the majority of the targets. So I, I like Deshaun Watson this year at QB nine. Now the, he's going at QB nine, but he's going at pick 87. Well, Herbert and Lawrence, who are seven and eight or in a lot of spots, are going like pick 50 and pick 63. So I yeah. think there's actually some massive value, maybe not in the pecking order at quarterback, but uh, although I, I I would consider taking Watson over a guy like Trevor Lawrence because I think the, there's a more rushing upside. But um, I, I just think I just think he's going a couple of rounds too late. I think he should be kind of sneaking up there. But, but what do you think? 
Yeah, was that an anti-David Bell take earlier? Who who was he sucking to? Uh, I don't have those. But, oh yeah, I do have the names written. So David Bell. Yeah. Uh, I think Woods was uh, there. Oh okay. Uh, all, right. all the backup tight ends, even Kareem Hunt. Um, yeah. all the other receivers. Uh, what was it? Schwartz. Um, all, all those guys. Oh, but, but Schwartz. To the yeah. to the core guys. To the core guys. Well, he, they're yeah. going to be there. He was Deshaun Watson. Yeah, that's that's an interesting stat, and you know we we figured he would have some rust last year, but he he was really bad. Yeah, um, last year, all, all things considered, but have to imagine he bounces back this year. He's going to have a full off season working with the team, knowing he's starting week one. So I think that's going to help. They they brought in you know Elijah Moore. Um, there's a chance that they bring in DeAndre Hopkins. I believe he's still the favorite. Yeah, to land there. So I mean, getting Deshaun Watson at QB nine if he has DeAndre Hopkins there is massive. So, you know, he's going to be turning 28. I still think he carries, you know, the rushing upside you're talking about. So I think he makes sense uh, at QB nine, but again, like there could be some hidden value there if they do uh, land his former teammate uh, in DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. And and to be clear, I, I just think they already did enough. I mean, I think yeah. Hopkins would be gravy, um, but I think, I, I don't know if I trust those odds. I, I just think no one really knows at this point. And because of the connection with Houston, yeah, um, that that's kind of where the bookmakers are slotting them in. Uh, Amari Cooper, wide receiver 18. Uh, he was about a yard per target better with, with Watson, um, you know, last year than, than Brissett, but Brissett played pretty well. Um, a little more boomer bust was Cooper. The completion, the catch rate went down to 54% compared to 61% uh, with Brissett. But uh, wide receiver 18, um, he, I think last year he was going around wide receiver like 29 or 30. So he has uh, jumped up quite a bit. And he is, this is what, his age 30 season? Oh, I no, it is? no, no, no. He, he's still like 28. Cooper, really? Let me yeah. see. Oh, yeah. wow. He started pretty young, so he's still. He did. He's still tail end of his prime. I think uh, you know you'd still say he's. Yeah, twenty nine. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what? What are your thoughts on him? Like, what are you? Yeah. Are you so. Trying? Yeah, I, I think that you know, like I mentioned earlier with the DeAndre Hopkins potential signing, I, I don't factor that into my projections right now. So Cooper is my wide receiver eighteen right now. That's his ADP. So I'm in line. So just. That chance, I would say, you know, what, 20, 30% chance Hopkins go, goes there. You have to factor that in. But in a vacuum, I still like Cooper. You know, we just said he's still in the tail end of his prime. He's not quite 30 yet. Last year, he had 39% of his team's air yards, sixth highest. Uh, it was such a, you know, top-heavy offense um, last year. So I think adding, you know, target competition with Elijah Moore, potentially Cedric Tillman. I'm not too worried about him. Could ding Cooper a little bit, but again, he, he's going to be the alpha in this offense. Having a full season with Deshaun Watson should help. You mentioned his ADP last year, his wide receiver 29, I think partially because we knew Jacoby Brissett was starting, mm, Yeah, you know, half the season. So I think that was part of it. So just getting a full, potentially a full season of, you know, going back to his prime, Deshaun Watson is massive uh, for Cooper. So um, I would still, I would invest in wide receiver 18, but just be careful. Cause if, if they do land Hopkins, his ADP will probably fall closer to like wide receiver 25. So it's just something, you know, to, to watch out for. Yeah. And, 
like yeah, there's certainly some danger there. And like he's being taken over some 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 really talented other receivers. So yeah, maybe I would like to kind of make sure that situation sorts itself out before investing him at, at that price. Yeah. Uh then we have Elijah Moore at wide receiver 48 and DPJ at, at wide, Donovan Peoples Jones at wide receiver 63. Um more. I always, you know, I always love the the Zach Wilson splits because with Wilson <laughs> career numbers now with Wilson. 47% catch rate, uh, just over five yards a target, and a touchdown on under 2% of his targets with all other quarterbacks that have thrown him passes, which aren't even that great, but just better than Zach Wilson. The, the completion rate goes from 47 to 64%. Uh, the yards per target goes from 5.4 to 8.2, uh, and the touchdown rate goes uh, from 1.6 to 6.3, so it quadruples. Um, so... Uh, this could be very good for, for, for Elijah Moore. And as I mentioned, I think it's also good for, for Watson kind of getting somebody in there along with that core four. Um, and, and then DPJ, I mean, I think he might be, he would be the guy that would be dinged the most by just more coming in uh, and Tillman being drafted yeah. and even Aikens because a lot of his success was, it was more mm-hmm. volume driven. The targets per route was still around 17, but he, he was out there for like nine over 90%. Uh, of the routes, his yards per route didn't change from uh, the year before. So I could see DPJ kind of getting squeezed and his, mm-hmm. his value kind of going down maybe as, as the season progresses. But what do you think about the, 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 the supporting cast uh, at, at wide receiver here? Yeah. I mean, Elijah Moore, I love the talent still. I think, you know, last year was such a disaster. I was high on him. I was high on him entering the league. So I think the change of scenery should help. Um, you know, the Browns only used 11 personnel 55% of the time last year, which was 17th. Um, so right around league average, have to imagine they increase that with more. Oh, yeah, that's the, that's the plan with have Watson. To imagine They've been that. saying and that for a while now. And they're yeah. they're going to open it up. Exactly, and he, he's doing well OTAs. Um, I mean, the ADP seems a bit high. You you're really have to, to bet on more and Watson having a bounce-back season. Um, so there's a little bit of risk there. Again, that looming DeAndre Hopkins risk. Um, but I, I think that in this range – I would still rather have a rookie like Quentin Johnson, um, Jordan Addison, if he falls that far, Zay Flowers. Uh, but I think more will provide a high floor. Uh, um, so I think wide receiver 49, I can get behind that, but I'm just projecting him a little bit lower. Um, so he's he's a guy that I, I'm kind of shying away from uh, okay. for now, even though I love the talent. Yeah, for me, for uh, for me, it's uh, I'm, I'm shying a little further away from DPJ, even though he's lower, just because number one, Tillman is more of a one for one replacement yeah. for DPJ, and that was you know an early third round pick uh, with uh, you know pretty pretty decent speed, pretty decent vertical chops, uh, and then also the Hopkins, uh, you know, even the flirtation, you know, tells <laughs> me you know that that would that that would squeeze DPJ because you have to yeah. be Cooper on the outside. Hopkins on the outside and you probably do more in a slot. So DPJ could go from like a 90% snap guy to like a fourth receiver pretty quickly. Um, so he's kind of getting pushed in, in, a, you know, could get squeezed in a multitude of ways. And also, you know, when they do go to two wide, you know, Elijah Moore, you know, we think of him as a slot now, but Elijah Moore's played a lot of, of wide, uh, mm-hmm. wide snaps in his career, more than he's played in the slot. So like if more is, if more does kind of exceed expectations, DPJ could still become, you know, what he's being kind of ranked as, but like that true, you know, like third, really fourth option, because you also have uh, uh, Najoku, who's a tight end 10. Um, 
Any any thoughts on Njoku? He's tight end 10. I also see people are you know, drafting Aikens at, at 37, which I thought was which I thought, I, he did to be fair, he yeah. got one point about 1.7 uh mil guaranteed and, and Bryant also restructured for about the same amount. But um Jordan Aikens ain't ain't, ain't, no. ain't tight end 37 unless Njoku gets uh hurt. But any any thoughts on Njoku at 10? Uh yeah, well, I mean Njoku, we've We've always known he's he carries tight end one upside, but he finally had you know last season to be the true number one tight end, and he was tight end ten uh, in points per game. Um, he ran over eighty percent uh, routes run rate in eight of fourteen games, which is super sweet. Um, and Watson returning to form would be massive for Njoku. So um, I, I think he has a ton of upside still in this offense. Um, even if they were to sign DeAndre Hopkins, I don't think it would impact Njoku too much. Uh, he doesn't rely on a ton of volume. You know, he's just explosive. He'll get, you know, long catches, touchdowns, things like that. So I, I don't think Hopkins would ding him too much. Um, so I do like Joku in, in this tight end 10 range just because I think he has massive upside. Yeah, I like him better in best ball because I like, I think it is yeah. going to be a little harder to project. True. Um, and also, like, I, you know, there is still Aikens and Bryant on this roster. So like, I know they want to go more three wide. So, you know, I hope they don't mm. say, oh, we want to make sure Njoku doesn't get hurt. And they like, bump him down a little bit um so uh, there is some downside but yeah in best ball especially i, I think he does carry a ton of upside mo- d- a double digit touchdown upside yeah. uh nick chubb uh no kareem hunt as of now we don't you know i mean we've heard rumors about the browns maybe acquiring somebody uh else maybe a zeke or somebody like that but as of right now uh it's nick chubb's backfield at rb7 and then it looks like the the backup is going to be a uh, second year man jerome ford a, a fifth rounder out of cincinnati last year who is pretty fast um yeah thoughts on on the backfield yeah so chubb obviously remains you know one of the best pure runners in the game fifth straight season with over five yards per rush hopefully your model's factoring that in by now oh um, yeah yeah <laughs> him and aaron jones baby <laughs> yeah yeah aaron jones as well um so it, despite cream hunt being healthy all 17 games last year they chubb was much more of a workhorse um than anticipated um so you know with hunt out of the picture we could see chubb handle an even bigger workload um this year uh we'll talk about Ford in a bit but um i think chubb will have you know big workload out of the gate so rb7 sounds about right just because just the last the, the lack of pass catching upside prevents him from being like a true top three type of back but he probably has the highest floor of any back in this range so uh, again just nick chubb in that rb7 range Sounds about right. Um, just his his upside is gonna be limited because he he does he's not as involved in the passing game. Yeah, I mean, it, yes, but also may, not as many as most because I mean, like Chubb has always been splitting. Like he's really only had what I think one year where he's gotten like that true workhorse role. They've always kind of held him in check. And this year, I mean, last year, like you mentioned it, Hunt stay healthy, Chubb stay healthy, so they both played all yeah. you know all the games and. Chubb had 56% of the snaps, 17.8 carries, uh, 2.2 targets, and uh, 1.6 catches. So, like, if he just gets to, like, 60, 65, 70, like, he has 20-plus touch upside every single week. Uh, And and if he, like, with that efficiency – and 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 the fact that this defense looks like to be improved, Watson should be better – yeah. Um, yeah, I have no problems taking taking Nick Chubb here. Um, I, exactly. It's yeah. I I feel fine. Like floor so high, but yeah, Ford he's improving. 
uh, RB 57, uh, you know, mostly a kick returner last year, but you know, they let Dearness Johnson go. They let Kareem Hunt go. They obviously feel decently about this kid Ford. Exactly. No more Kareem Hunt, no more Dearness Johnson as well. Uh, so I think Ford should be Chubb's clear backup. Um, you know, he was their fifth round pick last year. He's out of Cincinnati. Um, he definitely has the talent and skills to be a three down back. He does have, he's pretty similar to Kareem Hunt actually. Um, and he could carve out a similar role. Um, and, you know, he didn't produce much as a receiver at Cincinnati, but that had more to do with the scheme and Desmond Ritter just not targeting running backs. That's been a theme heading, you know, in the NFL as well, but Ford flashes a pass catcher in the preseason last year when they gave him that chance. Um, so it, it's a shame the market has him so high. Again, the market's pretty sharp here Yeah, at RB 57, but I think it's warranted. I think he should be in that upper echelon of like true backups. Like he's probably not going to provide value when Chubb is healthy, like a, he might be able to carve out a cream hunt role, but it's unlikely. Um, but if Chubb were to ever miss time, I think Ford is more than capable uh, of being a, you know, true workhorse back and providing potential RB2 value. Um, so of these backups in this range, he's, he's one that I'm definitely targeting. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to be Felton, even though Felton will be like a more of a running back. This it's year. like a wide it's, receiver, yeah. right? Like it's, it's going to be, it would be like, Ford with uh with with Kelly being like the RB3 and Felton being like yeah. uh you know like a gadget something exactly guy. yeah uh all right uh sleepers for the Browns we got anyone? gotta go to Jerome Ford I, I just think based on the ADP the the potential upside he provides there gotta be Jerome Ford for me for me it's uh it's Watson again I, I think I just think going in the in the 80s is too low like I think I think this guy has legit he's one of the few quarterbacks that has the passing and rushing upside if you miss out on uh, you know, uh, a hurt or a fields or an Allen and, and the support, everything is, everything is right around him. So, you know, you, you just got to take a, a chance on the upside, but I'm willing to, after kind of looking, looking into it, I, I think he does uh, bounce back this year. Uh, all right. For busts, anyone? Uh, I'm still sticking with Elijah Moore. Uh, it's one of those things. If he falls outside the top 50, I, I mean, I could definitely see myself taking him. It just inside the top 50, you have guys like Quentin Johnson, um, even Juju Smith-Schuster, who we've talked about, I think has a higher four. Um, Zay Flowers goes around this range. There, there's just other guys I'm targeting. Uh, but if he were to fall outside of the top 55, I like him. So just based on current ADP, I'm going to have to go with Elijah Moore. For me, it's DPJ, just because I think – I just think he kind of maxed himself last year. Um, you know, he's not gonna, he's going to be a more of a lower percentage route runner, and now they have more high percentage guys to kind of take targets away. Um, you know, he could get pushed by the rookie, could get squeezed by more. Um, so even with a, an improvement from Deshaun, I, I just, I don't think he's, you know, you're going to do much better than, you know, kind of the sixties at wide receiver for him this year. Um, so I, I think he's kind of being taken closer to a ceiling and you're not really going to know when to predict those big games either. So, um, yeah. if he drops maybe into the seventies or eighties in best ball, fine, but not a guy I'm excited about. I think last year was the time to take him almost, yep. well, probably for free almost. And, uh, and now it's, uh, it, you know, it, it, the time has passed. And also Jordan Aikens is not hitting tight end 37 unless, unless, <laughs> unless of an injury. I'm, I'm just going to throw that out there. Uh, all right, let's go to Pittsburgh. Kenny Pickett's the QB 21. I mean, my question for you is how, how are you projecting his touchdown passes? Cause he had seven <laughs> on, on 389 oh, attempts, a, a cool 1.8% touchdown rate. I, I I mean that's like almost unheard of. Um, I feel like he has a wide range of outcomes because he has like he could take a year two jump, but he has like double benching risk because they have Trubisky and Mason Rudolph <laughs> to turn to if something goes wrong. So what are your thoughts on Pickett entering year number two? 
Yeah, the I mean, he's due for some positive touchdown regression, but I'm not expecting too much. Um, so I have his line right now, right around 19, 19 and a half. That's where yeah. I'd set it. Pretty low. Um, yeah, pretty low, uh, which hurts the receivers. Um, but, you know, Matt Canada returns as the OC, uh, which should get give Pickett some continuity heading in year two. I don't love it. I don't think Canada's a good offensive coordinator at all. I think he does limit sort of the upside of this offense. So um, we'll, we'll see what happens. But I think Pickett, you know, he, he's going to have a year or two breakout. Like you mentioned, you know, he didn't throw for multiple touchdowns in a single game last year. Um, and he threw less than 200 yards in six of his 10 full games. I mean, it was pretty ugly, uh, not going to lie. But he, he does have that, you know, rushing upside uh, that he flashed last year. So um, it, it's just not enough to make up for the, the sheer lack of passing stats. But he has potential in this offense. He has three really good pass catchers at his disposal. So the potential's there. Um, I think the ADP is fair. I'm not excited about it. Um, you know, I, I think if all goes well, he'll be like a mid-range QB2. I, I just don't see the QB1 upside quite yet. So I, I'm just sort of like, in line with ADP and in line with like best ball shares right now. Yeah. I mean, he's, I, I think, I think they're like, he probably should be going a couple spots lower, just considering the benching risk, like especially like a best ball, because yeah. again, like you, you got two guys now that you feel comfortable and Trubisky's really the guy that I think like if they struggled, I think they, they would turn to him. So that's something where it's like, you know, it's not like, uh, you know, there's certain teams that just, you know, even if this, like, you know, the, the Packers aren't benching Jordan Love, for example, like, you know, right, they're just going right. to ride it out. Um, Deontay Johnson and George Pickens, 32 and 34 at wide receiver. Uh, if you had it, like, which one do you like the value more? You buy the dip on Deontay with the zero touchdowns uh, or you break banking on the year two breakout for Pickens, who was kind of a, a lower percentage route runner, but yeah. flashed. Yeah, I'm buying the dip. Uh, I prefer Deontay Johnson here. Uh, you know, he finishes the wide receiver 46 last year, but that thanks in large part to scoring zero touchdowns. Um, so obviously he's due for positive touchdown regression. Uh, not saying he will score, you know, double-digit touchdowns this year. I'm projecting him for five. I think that's fair, but that's, that's just going to be massive. And, you know, I think he should still see plenty of volume. Um, he saw 34% of the team's air yards last year, which is 13th highest. In the league, uh, no more Chase Claypool. I think that's going to help, you know, funnel more targets to both these receivers a bit. Uh, not worried about Allen Robinson at all. Um, and George Pickens, you know, he's talented, but he only commanded a target on 14% of his routes. Um, you know, I was saying last year, like, he should have been a first-round pick. Uh, it was just due to potential off-field concerns and the fact that he tore his ACL in the national championship game. He, he probably wasn't going to be 100% last year. Um, but he flashed why he was a potential first round pick last year. Um, he's going to make, you know, the highlight reel catches, but just in this offense where there just isn't that many yards or touchdowns to go around that really limits Pickens upside. I, I would like him if he was on any other team, but I think just based on this offense, based on picket, it, it really hurts Pickens. So that's why um, he's probably going a little too high, honestly, at wide receiver 34, uh, nothing to do with his talent. Um, but I think, you know, Deontay Johnson, I'm projecting him closer to wide receiver 25. Mm. So, you know, give me Deontay at wide receiver 32. Yeah, I, I'm I'm a little skeptical of both of them, to be honest with you, just because, like, Deontay, my worry is, like, 
we saw his target per route rate dip from 27% a couple years ago to 23% last year. And I'm just yeah. like, it's really, I think it's a Matt Canada issue, but I just worry that Pickett, Pickett doesn't have as good a chemistry as a guy like Benton Roethlisberger, who would just, I mean, spam Deontay with targets. Yeah. I mean, and, and so now you factor in that, like there is like a mathematical jump, uh, 22 year old wide receivers entering year two make, which is, would be Pickens. So like, Yes, it was like 23 to 15% last year, but that gap could even close more. Um, all the while, they, there still just could not be that much efficiency because, again, this Canada offense, I'm just not sold on. So I, I actually think both of them may be going a little bit too high. Um, yeah. Obviously, I do think uh, Johnson will not have zero touchdowns again. I think he'll regress there. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm still kind of looking into that. Uh, Aaron Robinson, I want no part of uh, at 81. I think he actually... There's a chance Calvin Austin, who missed all of last year, yeah. fourth round out of Memphis, comes in and kind of like that Steven Sims role um, if, mm -hmm. if Robinson struggles. Um, but, yeah, Robinson, I mean, he's, he's definitely in a decline. If he's not going to be, like, the number one receiver, like he came on near the end of last year with, like, four catches, over four catches for 46 yards a game when, like, everyone got injured for the Rams. But Wow, four um, catches for 46 yards, balling. Yeah, over the last five games, uh, 4.2 for 46. Mm. But, you know, as, as the number, you know, behind uh, Johnson Pickens and, and Fryer yeah. moves to the tight end nine. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see no, uh, really any point of taking him at, at 81. Uh, I'd probably rather take a shot at Austin at, at 112. Uh, and then Najee is RB 10 and, and Warren 61. Uh, what are your thoughts on the, on the backs? Yeah. So, you know, Najee finished um, as the RB 12 last year, but he was RB 17 in points per game. You know, he, he played all 17 games, um, but he was never really a hundred percent. You know, he was dealing with that nagging foot injury um, and other injuries all season long. So he, he's a gamer. He's one of those backs where um, he's going to have to be really injured to miss games, which is kind of nice when you draft him as a low RB one, but I, I just don't see the upside there. Um, you know, because the, the appeal for Harris has always been the volume. Uh, but he, he's he's never going to be the most efficient runner, um, but you can bank on, you know, 20 plus touches. Um, however, you know, it does seem like Jalen Warren is turning this into more of a running back by committee than in the past. Um, you know, Harris is only averaging a 50 percent routes run rate last year. That's where Warren was really chipping in. Um, so it, it just blocks Harris's upside. Um, but I think. Low end RB one is where I, I would still take Harris. I give me a guy like Ramondre Stevenson. I yeah. would say over Harris, who's going below him, especially after the news that James Robinson um, got cut. Uh, but I think you know RB 11, 12 is fair. Just don't expect top five production from him. Just expect you know the ho hum, you know RB thirteen, RB fourteen kind of production. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, Harris is a guy who like I'm avoiding because again, I like like Joe Mixon. I think Joe Mixon like right now might have a higher medium projection than Najee Harris. So, you know, oh, yeah. I, I'm, you know, it's like RB 10 doesn't do anything for me. And you mentioned it, his, his route uh, participation rate went from 66% in 2021 to 46% last year and his targets per route went down as well. So again, like this is just the change from Ben to Pickett that there's, there's, it's more than just the Canada offense. We have a whole new quarterback, so we can't use some of these numbers from 2021 in terms of the usage and just think they're going to like bounce back. It's, you know, big Ben was, you know, checking it down and spamming yeah. Deontay. And that's not necessarily who Pickett is or, or Trubisky exactly. for that matter. So 
Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Najee, I, I think he's overvalued. I think Warren uh, is undervalued. Warren beat Najee in yards after contact, you know, 3.1 to 2.7 yards per route, 1.3 to 0. 0.8. Uh, and he was a better pass blocker. I uh, gave up uh, pressure about on 4% of snaps compared to Najee on 9%. So uh, I think, yeah, I think Warren will continue to eat into it. Uh, so sweepers for the Steelers. Uh, Jalen Warren, actually, um, you know, he was RB 52 last year, despite Najee playing in all 17 games and you can get him an RB 61 right now. Um, and like I said, Oh, and he actually, uh, in my expected yards per carry model, he ranked 10th out of 58. So he's just a really good runner too. He could really eat into Najee's rushing share a lot more this year. So he could carve out a potential flex role, even when Najee is healthy. And I think he has RB two upside if uh, Najee were to miss time. So I think Warren is just a no-brainer at RB61. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, Jalen Warren or Bust. Uh, what about for Bust, underval- uh, overvalued guys uh, on the Steelers? Well, I, I take your point when when you say both receivers, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hone in on George Pickens. Uh, Bust is a bit harsh. Again, love the talent, but just this offense is going to you know hold him back. I, I just don't like his upside in this offense. So while he's going to make some amazing catches, it's just not going to produce – you know, high-end wide receiver three numbers. So I think his ADP um, in the mid-30s is just a bit high right now. Yeah, I mean, for me, I like I, I'm not even going to put those two guys in because like they're I just think there are so many. They're actually bigger potential busts here. I think Najee Harris is actually one of. Them. I just think <laughs> I just think a, I just think a, no. I mean, I just think a top ten uh, pick, a uh, running back pick on Najee is a, is a little bit much, and then. I actually think Allen Robinson at 81 is a lot more egregious than uh, Deontay mm-hmm. or Pickens in the thirties. I mean, this guy has just shown us he's done and now he's going to be literally last in the pecking order. If he <laughs> even maintains that job yeah. and he's going to a new team that barely had any passing stats last year. So like, I mean, yeah. I, 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 like at 81, like why, like why, why not just get, you know I mean? There's, there's got there's, there's, there's younger guys who you can take that have more upside and less downside. Yeah. At this point. Wait, so. oh, where where were you on uh Firemouth at tight end nine? I don't think we Yeah, I like I, I like I like Firemouth there. Yeah. I mean I I don't think it's um like it's not it's kind of like Najoku where it's you know you won't always be able to predict predict the big games, but I think he's a guy who had a pretty good uh rapport with with Pickett and his his eight at jump from about six in his rookie year to over eight last year. His targets for route jump from uh under twenty to twenty-two percent last year. So um, yeah, I, I, I like Friar Moots. I'm not, I'm not shying away from him. Um, right. uh, so yeah. What about you? Yeah, no, I, I like him there. He, he had that weird stretch from weeks 13 through 15. Uh, he had some really weird usage, mm-hmm. uh, where his routes run rate dipped, which is concerning. Um, but like when it comes to Darnell Washington being drafted in the third round, I'm not worried about him. He's more of a blocking tight end. It might take him a couple of years to, to develop as a pass catcher. Um, so I think we'll see the typical over 70% routes run rate. For Frymouth. And just when it comes to Pat as a uh, prospect, like, you know, he was overshadowed because he got drafted the same year as uh, Kyle Pitts. Yeah. But if Pitts wasn't in that class, like he would have been the clear number one tight end pick. He would have had more hype entering in. So I, I just haven't been shocked that he's a top 10 tight end. Like, I, I think he's legit talent wise. He's 24 entering year three. So I love him again. Just maybe the offense holds back his ceiling a bit, but I, I do like him in the top 10. And again, I think that 22% targets per route is is pretty significant because that's high yeah. for a tight end. And yep. that that was 1% lower than actually 
nine tenths of a percent. He was 22.1, nine tenths of a percent lower than Deontay Johnson, which is again, why I'm a little bit yeah. like, I don't know about Deontay. We could just <laughs> put, put those like, you know, those, those Ben years into the calculation here. Yeah. Um, and so if, if Fryer moves just, you know, kind of bounces back with the touchdowns a little bit, his, his touchdowns per catch went from uh, 12% two years ago to just over three percent. Yeah. Uh, last year, so just a little bit of regression, and he he'd be we'd be in business. So yeah, I like I like uh, like Firemuth. But uh, that is going to wrap it for our fantasy flex AFC North fantasy preview. If you want to hear us talking NFC North, that episode will be up Friday. Our AFC and NFC East episodes are already dropped right here on the fantasy flex feed. Stay tuned next week for our AFC and NFC South previews. You can find Sean on twitter at the underscore odds maker i'm at chris raybon and you can find us at those same handles on the free award-winning action network app until next time let's get this money action network reminds you please gamble responsibly if you or someone you care about has a gambling problem help is available 24 7 at 1-800-GAMBLER